my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the HR Sound Off podcast show. My name is Julie Turney. I am your host. How are you doing? I hope that you're having a great day today. So today, you know, I always love to introduce different HR communities. And today I'm joined by Paul Roberts and Sean Glavin from the Boston HR community. Welcome, gentlemen. How are you doing today? Thank you. Thanks for having us. Doing well. Hi, Julie. Thanks for having us. We're excited. No problem. My pleasure. I always like to expose HR community to community because a lot of times you think um, that because there are so many of us we shouldn't feel so alone but our roles are so isolated it's very easy to feel alone so I'm always happy to introduce new communities so why don't we start by you both of you telling us who you are what you do and then tell us a little bit about Boston HR Council you want to start first Paul? Sure we'd love to thanks again for having us it's an honor to be here Uh, we're excited to see you in a little bit, the Boston HR Council is a guest speaker, so it's probably a good place to start to mm-hmm. give your audience an idea what the BHRC is all about and maybe how we started. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so 2019, December, if you can remember that world, uh, Sean, I thought it'd be a great idea to meet every month with HR executives in the greater Boston area at a nice fancy restaurant um, once a month and talk about important HR trends and needs and the idea was really to create an intimate setting among the HR elite in Boston. Mm-hmm. And we use the word elite on purpose, meaning the true HR executives have been doing this for a long time, who have the role of CHRO or mm-hmm. CPO. And with the idea of iron sharpening, sharpening iron and really creating an environment where we can improve the HR world and set the tone for Boston mm-hmm. and the greater Boston area for the next decade. And uh, just to go a little bit further on that, um, Julie, it's it's neat, right? So that was kind of our idea. That's how the Boston HR Council was hatched. And as Paul alluded to, that was that was late in 2019. The group was launched uh, in January of 2020. Uh, we were in person uh, in in a, in a nice restaurant in Boston for January and February, and then March happened, right? March 2020 happened. Yeah. Uh, we were no longer in person. Uh, the, the HR council at that point was, was 40 CHROs in the Boston area. Mm-hmm. Um, and Paul and I, we joke about this all the time and it seems kind of funny now, right? I mean, look at what we're doing here on zoom, but yeah. at that time, Paul and I, uh, we didn't have a ton of experience with, with virtual content and virtual, um, engagement, right? Uh, I, right? I think back then we were using WebEx when we had to, and oh. that was like, that was like driving a rocket ship for both of us. Um, and then, you know, but that was the ask. And, and really, um, Julie, Paul and I thought about kind of tabling the, the council until things got back to normal, right? It's, it's again, yeah. it sounds great now, uh, but luckily we didn't. Luckily, 40 of those council members told us that 
that the group was of value and, and, and that they wanted it to move forward. Mm -hmm. And they asked us to go virtual. So we went virtual in April of 2020. I'm sorry, we went virtual in March of 2020. Right. Um, and I'll just pause there, Julie, but the, the, the real growth of the HR council happened in this virtual world. Wow. So in person, how many people were you having between January and February? Because you just got started and then COVID came and kind of like knocked you guys out of the water and you, you had to pivot. So how many people did you have in person at first? And then what, what does the council look like now in terms of members? So we started, uh, about the, the room only held at the, the fancy restaurant we were hosting, 50. Okay. So we, we were at max capacity for both January and February. Wow. And then when we went online virtually, we allowed it to go over 50. It also saved uh, Sean and I lots of money. Uh, as you can probably imagine, not having to pay for 50 uh, nice dinners, but mm -hmm. we were happy to do that. But now we have over 350 CHROs that are a part of the BHRC. Wow. And we average between 100 and 120 uh, that attend virtually, depending on schedules. That's amazing. And they're all from Boston? No, that's the great part. So born in Boston, but now our, our reach is global, right? We're talking yes. to you today and it's uh, it's a pretty excited. So originally, yeah, it was only Boston because you had to be with, probably within an hour radius to make the lunch meeting. Right. But now we have, I would say, 15 to 20% of our members are across the, the country and globe. That is amazing. And you know what I think makes this even more interesting is that do either of you guys have an HR background? I I certainly don't, Julie. So I, right. I will I will go hand up. I'm a I'm a recovering CFO. So uh -huh. I'm a I'm recovering a CFO. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a finance person. So uh -huh. I uh, I do not have an HR background. I'll I'll defer over to Paul, who's, uh -huh. who's been in the HR consulting world now for a long time. But Paul, what would you say? Would would you call yourself an HR background person? Uh, I would say for for the answer your question regarding HR background, my wife refers to me as a walking HR nightmare. So probably not um, a an HR uh -huh. professional. He's been in the HR healthcare consulting space for now for over a decade very familiar with what the needs and desires are of HR executives, but me right. myself, I've never been in that role. Right. So what made you guys decide to form the Boston HR Council, not having HR backgrounds? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, um, Julie. So, so Paul and I are both partners at a firm called Lockton Companies. Mm -hmm. um, you won't hear us talk about it at all during the Boston HR Council. We keep a pretty strict firewall between the two, but as partners at Lockton, we oversee a couple uh, advisory teams. Uh, one of them is the employee benefits consultant space. Right. Uh, so most of our clients are, our uh, points of contact are these HR executives, right? So uh, we're familiar with the ecosystem through that lens. Um, and actually it was a whole bunch of them that, that kind of reached out to us early on and said, guys, there's a there's an opportunity to create an executive group here. And we think you're the, the right guys to do it. So that's kind of the impetus for us is to be able to meet and talk to and provide value to this, to this community. That's, that's, that's really where we find the kind of the motivation. Awesome. So what do you guys talk about? What does a Boston HR council meeting look like? So it's funny you asked Julie, right? Um, 
when we first started, the ask of the group was, hey, Sean and Paul, put together a really top-notch event every month. We'll tell you what we want to hear about, and you can go out and get the best, most expensive uh, speaker uh, in that area and bring them to us. And we would love that. Right. So when I think back now to January and February of 2020, yes. January, um, the group was very interested in protecting the cyber identity of their employees. So we brought in an expert in that space. Right. And then in February, in honor of black history month, mm-hmm. um, the group wanted to have a very in-depth discussion around DEI, and Right. So we brought in JP Morgan and Chase's top DEI person. Um, and so that was kind of the, the, the protocol uh, before we went virtual. Right. After we went virtual, Julie, in April of 2020, right? So if you could think of April 2020, everything in the world that was happening, all of the challenges and the considerations that the HR executive was having to, to work through and think about, Paul, uh, in all of his wisdom, said to me, said, hey, why the heck are we asking for outside speakers to come in and speak to this council? Why wouldn't we just ask the council members themselves to be the speakers and talk about Mm -hmm. what they're feeling, what they're missing, what they need, uh, what they're passionate about? So we approached the group, and at that point, it was still only 50 council members. We approached them and said, hey, what do you folks think about this? And Julie, I'm telling you, you know, secret sauce, ingredient X, whatever you want to call it, that was the magic right there because they jumped on, you know, right away. We're, we're booked, the council's booked speaker-wise all the way out uh, into, you know, the middle of 2022. We're very lucky that somebody, somebody had a board meeting and, and gave us the opportunity to sneak you in in November, which we're very grateful for. Yeah. Um, but, that, but that's the secret sauce right there. So, mm-hmm. so the, the council members come and bring their own topics uh, to each council event. And it looks and feels a lot like a, I'd almost call it a TED talk, if you will, right. where they're, they're little 15 minute um, sound bites of, of, a, of something that people are thinking about, need help with, a challenge they faced. And then the best part of it is, is they offer their you know, direct um, communication and direct contact to the whole council should anybody want to jump on and talk more, you know, directly one-on-one. So it's, it's been really neat and it's grown at, you know, Paul said we're over 300 council members now. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time we put someone like you um, on a, a, a ticket, right. We, we get a whole bunch of, of more executives across the globe and across the country. So it's, it's, it's been great. Awesome. I think that you guys are doing an amazing job. And I want to congratulate you for sticking it out and finding a way to make it work despite the pandemic. And I know that Boston HR Council is going to be absolutely amazing. Pandemic or no pandemic, you guys are set to win. What advice would you give to anyone right now who is an HR professional that is feeling lost, doesn't feel like they have a sense of community? What words of encouragement would you give to them today? Um, I'll put on my, I'll put on my BHRC hat here, Julie, and say, get to the BHRC page, follow mm-hmm. us, send us a note and we'll get you, we'll get you a part of the group. Um, but no, in, in all seriousness, uh, Julie, I, 
I've learned so much from this group um, over the past 18 months, almost two years now. Um, and the one thing I've, I've really learned is that nobody has it all figured out in that, in that function, right? In that HR executive role, that people function. Nobody has it figured out. In fact, the people that I see that have done the best at it are the ones that can admit that soonest and then get into a space where they can be vulnerable and lean on people and kind of collectively build their, their skill set through the skills of others. Right. Yeah. So I know that that's kind of a little long winded and easier said than done, but my, um, I mean, my suggestion would be is, is kind of let down your guard a little bit if you find the right group to do so in. Thank you so much for that. Paul, what are your words of advice? Yeah, it's a great question. And just to add on to echo Sean's sentiments, especially for a lot of type A HR executives, I know myself, I would include myself in that category of being, we are not in control. So remember that. And uh, even with this choppy connection right now that I can see, you know, just let it go. And people understand what you're going through. And uh, if you if you can remember that ultimately you're not in control, I think things, your, your results will be a lot better. Yeah, thank you so much. That's beautiful. I wish you both all the best. I wish every success to the Boston HR Council. I am looking forward to, to joining you in November, but I'm also looking forward to seeing how I can sneak my way in as a member. <laughs> have you. You're in, you're in. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. What are you guys reading, watching, listening to right now that you'd like to share with our listeners that you think they'll enjoy? Uh, one book I find very uh, helpful is uh, the catchy title. It's called Surrounded by Idiots. And it is a book to help you communicate with all different personality types. And the book, I'll let you find out on your own, but there's really four main personality types that people fall into buckets. Mm-hmm. And as an HR executive, it's, I, I think it would be uh, very ideal for, for HR folks to understand those four different types. So when you're communicating with your employees and pick any issue you want, it will really help you navigate those personality water. Definitely going to check that out today. Thank you. Sean? I'm not sure if I should take offense to that title. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Um, that might be the reason Paul picked it up. But um, <laughs> um, so mine, mine are going to be less exciting, um, Julie. Mm-hmm. Um I think you've probably seen this, uh, and I actually think it came up on a few of your with a few of your guests. Um, I love Atomic Habits by James Clear. Yep. Um, I'm a I'm a Type A linear thinker, right? I always think that I've figured out the best way to do everything, and then I get locked into it for better or for worse, mm-hmm. right? Um, so reading him and then being a part of his newsletter gets me to get outside of what I think is the right way to do everything and evaluate different, you know, different thought processes around uh, daily processes. So I, I love James Clear. And then my second one is uh, probably pretty boring and, and kind of has standed the test of times, but The the Seven Habits by Stephen Covey. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I read that once a year, but I also have um, kind of a, a short note form of it that I, I read every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that book does a pretty good job for any really, I think anybody, but definitely any executive to kind of talk about, you know, the, the full, the full scope of things that you have to consider when you're leading folks. Um, and even, you know, more importantly, what you have to consider for yourself, if you're going to put yourself in one of those positions. So 
Um, those two things. And then I don't know if this is going to um, be too brave or not, but um, on, on Netflix, I've, because of the kind of the 20th year anniversary, I've, I've looked at a lot of the, the 9-11 documentaries. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, of course, you know, that was such a, a, a time in history. But for me personally, um, I, was, I was pretty young. I was a high school student when that happened. Wow. Uh, and, and wanting to get a better appreciation of what folks went through and, mm-hmm. and kind of how you can be mindful of, of, of what those people went through you know, watching that now as, as an adult with a family and, and you know, with children, it, it, it just makes me feel a, a little different than of course it, it did, you know, back when I was younger. So I don't yeah. know if that was, I don't know if that was too grave for the podcast, but it was, uh, it was my honest answer. <laughs> Got you. I actually um, recently watched um, Worth uh, with Michael Keaton and that was an education into the, you know, I never even gave thought to how attorneys, like how they went about that process of determining what people who died in 9-11 were worth. Um, and just watching that movie kind of really gave me, that made me step back and go, wow, you know, those people, pe- the, the people who lost loved ones went through a lot with the survivors as well. And then his team going through that process and it kind of made me put my HR hat on as well um, to just the way he approached those people in the beginning. I was like, wow, so many mistakes, so many mistakes. Yeah. But I I definitely appreciate what you're saying about going back and looking at that and trying to get a better understanding. Good for you. So let me ask you the big question. What is the biggest misconception about HR that really bothers you that you want to set the record straight on right here, right now? Yeah, it's a great question, um, Julie. And I'll, I'll go first and let Paul jump in after. Again, neither of us uh, HR practitioners uh, at all in our career, but we certainly have learned a ton about the function. I mean, I, I'm trying to think how many you know, hour-long conversations we've had like this with CHROs in the last two years. It's, it's got to be, you know, north of 150, maybe 200, you know, folks that we've really learned a lot about. And I, I think the this notion that HR executives are, you know, the um, the discipline, you know, team or the, the governing body of, uh, of demerits and write-ups, right, and, and someone that that you have to look out for in an organization that, that I think is a, is a huge misconception. It's funny, Julie, you know, your, your consultancy practice, HR at the heart. Mm-hmm. I, I think you, I think you talk about helping folks build their HR voice, right? I, I think yes. that's, that's what you do. And if you heard, if people heard the the HR voice, the true HR voice that happens inside the Boston HR council, uh, it is all around trying to do whatever folks can to put people in their organizations and even outside their organizations in the best place to succeed. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, you know, with any leadership role comes the responsibility tagged to it. And there is some responsibility of leading right corporate culture and behaviors and things like that. So with that is always going to be the, the dark side, if you will, of having to be, you know, fill in the term, Grim Reaper, the Bulldog, whatever yeah. we've heard people been called. Um, but I think the actual essence of the HR and the people function is to 
elevate all people. So I think that's the biggest misconception. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Paul? I guess yeah, growing up in my young career, I always thought HR was in the room, someone was getting fired. And mm. that was my first uh, misconception of HR and you know that they were the fun police and they always mm. took the side of the, co the company. Um, but it's just not true. Uh, we have had the pleasure of getting to know so many great HR professionals and, and they are some of the most fun people that we know yeah. to the point where we wonder how they even got jobs in HR. Uh, but it's great <laughs> side. Uh, and I definitely can uh, resonate with, with that last comment. Uh, however, uh, we also meet a lot of HR professionals that you think that they are people person and they're, they're not. They're a, lot, a lot are introverts. Some have to put on a mask every day to, to play that role. And deep down, it's very uncomfortable for them. And very. they don't like speaking. They don't like, you know, <laughs> they, they'd rather read a book by themselves in the corner. So mm -hmm. we have to appreciate, understand that, you know, there's all different types of HR people and uh, they're all having their own battles. And uh, that's the misconception for me that I've definitely learned through uh, founding the BHRC with Sean. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing what you've learned. And thank you for clearing up those misconceptions because I think they are, they are really important ones. I know a lot of times, there are many days that I've been doing my job and just interacting with people completely depletes me. If I start my day with all the energy in the world, by the time, depending on how many people I've interacted with, will determine if when I get home, I need to go straight to bed or, or if I have enough energy to, to, to give um, to, to my family, you know? So I know it's really hard. Um, doing this role is not easy, but we are really great people once you get to know us. We're a fun bunch of people. Sorry. Sorry that Paul and I are draining you this early, Julie. No, no. <laughs> That's quite okay. That's quite okay. I love this. I love to do. I want to thank both you, Sean and Paul, for joining me today. You have survived your time in the sound booth. Thank you so much. Wish Boston HR Council all the very best. And we look forward to hearing more, learning more about you guys in the future. I will share all of your resources in the comments, as well as the link for people to access the Boston HR Council. So thank you. Thank you, Julie. Look forward to seeing you in November. Thank, thanks, Julie. Yep, November, uh, November 18th, 12, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're interested in, in hearing Julie, please let us know. Thank you for joining us in the sound booth today. I hope that you found this information from this episode useful. You can find me on all social media platforms at I am Julie Turney. That's I A M Julie Turney. And you can find this episode or this show on most digital platforms Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Thanks to Anchor FM and Rock Solid Entertainment for helping me to put this content together for you. And I will see you again in the next sound off.